Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by Students For You. My name is Peter Roman, and this is week five of the quarantine edition of my show. I have a lot of content to get through today. Of course, I will have my movie recommendation at the end of the show. And my live sports update is going to include other leagues than the Bundesliga today, so that's exciting. But of course, I have to start with the COVID-19 sports news update, and there's a lot this week. So I'm going to start with the really good news out of Alberta because recreational sports got moved up into phase two of the province's reopening plan. And so that means that obviously, you know, not every sport is going to be able to return the way it was. There are still some restrictions and guidelines to follow but a lot of the outdoor sports that we know and love are able to come back, which is so exciting, so fantastic. Again, it's not perfect, and obviously there's still going to be some concerns with the virus, but I think the way they've done this is very interesting as far as the way they worded it. So basically, for the return to sports, you basically have, they're basically allowing cohorts. And so the cohorts of like 50 people. So essentially, you have a bubble of about 50 people in a sports league that you're allowed to interact with and that you don't necessarily have to social distance with. So what that means is that, for example, if you have a soccer league, maybe you play five aside or something like that. And so each team maybe has eight to 10 players, just an example. And if you have teams, eight to 10 players, and you're allowed 50 people maximum, then that means you're allowed to have five teams in this league. And that's kind of how this will work, is that you're going to have five teams in this league, five teams, maybe 10 players per team, and then they all play each other. And then that way you keep the number at 50, essentially. And so that's kind of how this works. It's a little bit interesting, but I think the reason they're doing this has to do with if, you know, and obviously you hope no one tests positive, knock on wood, but... Obviously, you know, you can't completely eliminate those risks, but it would be much easier to test and contact trace if it's a bubble of 50 people in a soccer league, for example, rather than a league of a few hundred type of thing. And that, at that point, the risk of spread becomes much, much higher. So that's kind of how this works. And it's still very exciting, a step in the right direction. Obviously, it's not the way things were but I don't think things will go back to exactly the way things were until we get a viable treatment plan or even better, a vaccine. So either way, it is good news. And so sports, a lot of the outdoor ones anyway, will be coming back this summer here in Alberta. Moving on to the professional sports, sticking with the good news, the MLS has their plans mostly finalized. So they're gonna be playing their tournament in Orlando just like the NBA is they're starting a lot earlier though they're starting in the middle of July oh sorry the 8th of July my apologies the early part of July and the MLS's return to play is very unique because they are essentially doing a World Cup style tournament featuring six groups and the top two from each group will advance to the knockout rounds in addition to the four best third place finishers so it's very different 
This isn't normally what the MLS does. But it's still exciting that it is coming back. Although I have to say, because they did their their big group stage draw last this past week. And just looking at it from the outside looking in, not going to lie, it looks really rigged. Now, I'm not saying the draw was rigged. But a lot of sports draws, especially soccer draws, tend to be rigged in a certain way. And it's not rigged in a bad way. It's just when you have a lot of money involved on the line, you have certain people who want certain matchups to happen. And I feel like in the MLS's case, this is certainly not out of the realm of possibility because you have a lot of rivals squaring off with each other. In the Eastern Conference groups, Toronto FC got Montreal Impact in their group, which is, of course, the biggest rivalry probably in the MLS. Toronto and Montreal have gone at it so many times, the two Canadian clubs. And then, I mean, you have the Cincinnati-Columbus rivalry in Group E of the Eastern Conference groups as well. You have Inter-Miami and Orlando, which is a local uh, derby that's going to be starting up. Inter's, I know, a a new team but the two of them both in Florida in the same group and in the Western Conference groups of course you had to have the you had to have LA Galaxy and LAFC in the same group so both Los Angeles teams had to play each other there was really no choice and Seattle Sounders are in the same group as the Vancouver Whitecaps and they have kind of a rivalry going as well so it certainly appears that rivalries were taking precedent in this group stage draw. I don't really care though, because even though it might not be 100% ethical in the way that draws tend to get rigged, personally, I'm always of the opinion that if you wanna be the best, you have to beat the best. And so even if a team doesn't get the most favorable draw, you gotta win your games. You win your games, you deserve to win. And you don't win your games, then you don't. And that's kind of where I sit with that. But it is very exciting, MLS, July 8th. July 8th is the opening day. The final of this MLS's back tournament will be August 11th. The winner of the tournament will get a place in the CONCACAF Champions League. The Premier League, meanwhile, in England is going to be back on Wednesday, which is exciting. Arsenal play Manchester City in what will surely be a probably a blowout is um, what I'm guessing because Arsenal aren't that good. But I'm excited. The Premier League is back. The Premier League also has in- interesting wrinkles because the title race there is has been over for months. Liverpool are going to win the title. There's really no way Liverpool aren't going to win the title. But the race for the top four for the Champions League spots are very interesting because Manchester City, who currently sit in second place, are right now banned from European competitions like after this year. And so if the ban holds, then that means that the fifth place team would also get a spot in the Champions League. And the fifth place spot in the Premier League is very much up for grabs. And so it could be a very exciting run down the stretch to see who might be able to sneak into that fifth spot. Could it be Man United? Could it be Arsenal? Could it be Tottenham? Could it be Sheffield? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Other good news. New Zealand. Man, oh man, I am so, so jealous of New Zealand. So jealous. They became the first country to lift all restrictions from COVID. And they had fans in full force attending sporting games. I saw the pictures on social media and 
can't sit here and say anything other than I'm extremely jealous. New Zealand has done unbelievably well with the COVID-19 virus and their life has essentially gone back to normal outside of travel. Travel is still not really allowed, obviously, but outside of that, life is seemingly normal in New Zealand and they're, they were able to go back to sporting events with fans in the stands. So good news there, but again, a little bit jealous. Moving on to some of the other leagues. So the Canadian Premier League, apparently, according to the town hall that the commissioner did last Monday, I guess mid-July is kind of the best case targeted start date, although they don't have any dates set in mind for when the league would come back. But that's currently the plan is potentially mid-July. It could be a little bit later than that. However, teams have begun training in small groups. So Cavalry FC have been out in training. I believe every team in the league now has gotten out. I think FC Edmonton was one of the last ones to, to get started on the training grounds. But nonetheless, good news, steps in the right direction. And then to some of the other big news, the NHL has reportedly picked Vegas as one of the hub cities, according to Chris Johnston of Sportsnet. And Toronto is being reported as the other likely favorite for a hub city. I really don't like these choices because this tells me that the NHL does not care about player safety. Because if they cared about player safety, they would go to cities with very low case counts and, you know, without the possibility of resurgences. Toronto is the second worst hit city in Canada behind Montreal. Edmonton and Vancouver both doing much better than Toronto as far as COVID is concerned. And the United States has 50, like, sorry, of the 50 states, about half of them are seeing rises in COVID cases. And so with Vegas opening up casinos and stuff like that again, are they really the smart pick if you want to keep players safe? I don't think they are. And so maybe I'm a little bit biased just because I thought Edmonton and Vancouver were probably the best choices for being hub cities. But it seems the NHL doesn't tend to put player safety at the absolute highest value, which is a shame because I think they should have thought about this a lot better as far as what cities were handling the virus better than others. But that's just my opinion. Anyway, on to the not so great news, the NBA. Now, last week I was jumping up and down and celebrating because the NBA sounded like they were coming back. And now, not quite 100% sure. I guess there's a lot of moving parts to this story. And so, it'll be something I'll monitor throughout the upcoming couple of weeks. But basically, the simple version of trying to describe what's happening right now with the NBA is that there are a group of players, including Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, who, like, that's just two names. They have a lot more than that. But... There is a group of players who do not want to return to play. And it's not because of COVID concerns or concerns about the virus or concerns about living in the bubble and the family, which are all reasonable concerns. And I would not blame a player for, you know, having worries about those things. But the reason that they don't want to come back is because of the protests. So basically... And I want to try and word this 
as fairly as possible here. So Dwight Howard, this is what he said as far as this, and he kind of echoes the sentiment for this group of players. But, quote, basketball or entertainment period isn't needed at this moment and will only be a distraction, end quote. And so the reason Dwight Howard says this is because this group of NBA players believes that coming back and playing basketball is actually going to be counterproductive to the mass protests and the calls for societal change regard in regards to the policing of African Americans and in general the you know systemic racism that exists in the United States. So that's their point. And I you know what I respect that stance that those players have. However, I wanna be kind of clear because I do disagree with what they're putting forward and I'll explain why. So I respect the stance because to some extent I think they are kind of right that there is there are a lot of problems and the conversation needs to continue absolutely and things continue things need to be done to continue to incite change and I don't I don't disagree with that part of the argument but my thing is just that these problems, these systemic racial problems, it's not like these are going to be fixed overnight. And it's not like these are problems that are going to get fixed in a few months. And so the idea that, you know, if you don't play basketball this season, that somehow that is going to change everything and fix all the racial problems in the United States is ridiculous because that's not how that works. Right. So not playing basketball for a year really doesn't it's not going to make the overnight change that these players obviously want. And I'm also of the belief that just because you're playing a sport doesn't mean you can't also activate or excuse me, you can't strive for social change. And so LeBron James kind of echoes that sentiment where he wants to play because he believes that playing basketball and social activism don't have to be mutually exclusive because they don't. The truth is sport can be really powerful as far as protests and as far as having a clear message and having a platform to try and bring about societal change. And so one of the big examples that I look to is one from this year, and that is from the Dutch League. Because the Dutch Soccer League, they had an incident earlier this year where they had a player on one of the teams being racially abused by fans, which is obviously inherently disgusting. And in my opinion, I think FIFA, UEFA, and a lot of the soccer governing bodies don't do anywhere near enough to deal with racism problems. But one thing I did love was what the Dutch League did, because the Dutch League, what they decided to do in protest of what happened to that player was the following week every single game from the first division to the second division for the first minute of the game when they kicked off the ball they all stood there together and basically did not play the first minute of the game it was really powerful because you had banners around the, like you had signs around the stadium saying you know no to racism and stuff like that and the players stood in unison for one minute and just didn't play the first minute of the game in protest. 
And to me, that is such a powerful image because it really shows how sport can really send an awesome message. And so that's the type of thing that I would argue against this viewpoint is just simply that I think playing sports and going, you know, trying to achieve societal change can happen together and they don't have to happen apart, essentially. Now, for these players who are very adamant about, you know, they don't want to play basketball until things change, if they choose, you know, if players like Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, if they decided today to just retire and become social activists, power to them. I would have no problem with that. And if they want to do that, they are absolutely, they should absolutely feel free to do that. If they think that's the right thing to do, then go for it. I have no problem with that. I am fully in support of that if that's what they want to do. But the idea that taking a year off of basketball would somehow overnight change the racial societal problems in the United States, I think is foolish thinking. And so that's just my opinion. But of course, it's an ongoing story. We'll see. Because the reason why this is interesting is just because obviously there's a lot of implications for you know, the NBA season starting, because if you have enough of the players unwilling to play, then you might not have basketball at all this year. So very, very interesting storyline to keep an eye on. Anyway, my live sports section. So the Bundesliga, not a lot to talk about because Bayern Munich defeated Borussia Mönchengladbach, Leon Goretzka scoring in the 88th minute to all but secure the title for Bayern. They play Werder Bremen tomorrow on Tuesday. And if they win that game, they win the title mathematically. No one can catch them anymore. And so the Bundesliga essentially coming to a close, but I'm so glad I was able to come back. It's given us a lot of fun games to watch and there's still things to play for, for sure. But Bayern Munich are one win away from winning the Bundesliga title. Interesting races to keep an eye on the rest of the season, though. Fourth place seems to be very open between Bayer Leverkusen and Mönchengladbach, currently separated by just a single point. And at the bottom of the table, Fortuna Dusseldorf is currently trying to get out of the drop zone. FC Mainz is three points clear of being in the relegation playoff. La Liga came back this week, and so we had games, and there's... A lot to kind of digress, but the important ones, Barcelona came back and basically, you know, in stride, no problem. They won 4-0 over Mallorca, Arturo Vidal scoring in the second minute, Lionel Messi having a goal and two assists on the day. Real Madrid answered Barcelona's initial response uh, yesterday with a 3-1 win over Ibar, and they ended up with three goals inside of the first 40 minutes, including a very nice goal from Marcelo, who took a knee while doing a salute, a, like it's essentially um, a black, black lives matter salute type of thing, like showing unity and power. And so very cool celebration he had in Real Madrid's win, which means the two of them are still just two points separated at the top of the table. It's going to be an exciting run-in because both teams have 10 games remaining. Barcelona, Real Madrid, 
neck and neck in La Liga. And then Coppa Italia came back. So the Serie A in Italy, their so top soccer league isn't, they're going to be playing games this week, just like the Premier League in England. But Coppa Italia, which is their cup competition, came back. And Juventus and Napoli both drew, but advanced on away goals into the final as they defeated uh, Milan and Inter, respectively. Juventus had a missed penalty from Ronaldo, but were able to win because Rebic basically karate-kicked Danilo in the chest and got a red card. And, of course, that made things very difficult for Milan to break down Juventus. And Napoli, Dries Mertens scored their goal to help send them into the final. Mertens became their all-time leading goal scorer with that tally. And so that's the end of the live sports update. I'll have a lot more to talk about next week as more and more sports continue to come back. And finally, my movie slash TV show recommendation for those of you who are still stuck in, you know, who might not be able to go back to their job like myself, although my job will be coming back pretty soon, which is good. But at least for right now, um, I'm still in the unemployed because of COVID category. So. My movie recommendation this week is The Damned United, which is a soccer movie, and so I know that might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's a really cool movie in the way that they portray the story. Now, what, how true the movie is to the actual events that happened around Leeds United, I mean, you know, you, depending on who you ask, it's more or less truthful than it should be type of thing but as far as the movie and entertainment's concerned i think it's really well done and the lead actor in the film michael sheen who plays brian clough i think he does a fantastic job it's a brilliant acting display and overall i think it's a very entertaining movie it's not perfect by any means but for those who like watching sports movies, The Damned United, I think, is certainly one to watch. And that's it. That's all I got for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening in today to my fifth episode of my quarantine edition of Moments of Genius. And so, once again, a big shout out to everybody just to, you know, be happy, be healthy, and stay safe, everybody.